listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Yes, we welcome you to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast, 6th of November, a Tuesday, around about 8 o'clock, and what show we have for you today. Uh, Lee is obviously here with us to go through all the week and iron action, recap all of the games, look ahead to, to Thursday Night Football, give you some waivers for week 10 for those that are still pushing in fantasy football. I wouldn't know what that means. <laughs> um, yeah, and some stinkers and stonkers. And of course, the Jason Garrett corner and, and also uh, James Hanmore will be joining us to take on the full 10 questions quiz, everybody's favourite game show. But Lee, how was your weekend? Yeah, it's good, thank you. Yeah, very good weekend, actually. Very good sporting weekend for me. Uh, big win for the Chargers, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, generally good. I uh, went to my best friend's wedding as well on Saturday, um, which is a great day, really beautiful day. Uh, great ceremony and everything like that. Great weather. Blah, 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 blah. We're not going to talk about weddings, we're going to talk about football. But yeah, no, really good weekend. Yeah, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, not great. I mean, this, week, this week and, and last week, you know, the, probably uh, not probably not talking for you but uh, there's always a week in the season where I just hate fantasy football and I just can't be bothered with it and that was this week so um, yeah not great but I, th- I think in my 13 leagues I won in two I went two and 11 I think so absolutely awful so yeah slim slim pickings from that uh, that perspective but hey at least the Cowboys uh, played very well but anyway we shall get to that but uh, first up let's uh, let's let's recap all the week nine games then Lee so let's start off with uh, Thursday night football obviously a late quarterback change there uh, as obviously we recorded the, just before the game so we didn't obviously know about Nick Mullins coming in for CJ Bethard but uh, he put on a bit of a show yeah he did yeah I, I texted you know, after recording saying that obviously we just spoke about um, you know, the, the CJ Bethard and I think I mentioned him uh, for waivers and things like that and then uh, yeah he didn't play <laughs> Yep. So, yeah, uh, the joys of recording beforehand. I think that happened to us with the Khalil Mack trade as well, didn't it? Uh, earlier on the season when we banged on about him and then he got traded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a day later, I think it was, after we recorded. But anyway, to the game. Uh, Oakland, just complete trash at the moment, aren't they? Um, I just, when I was watching a little bit of this game back, it's just, just a lack of effort, bad scheming, bad assignments all over the place in the D. Uh, it just feels like to me there's just no pride about these players at the moment. Uh, obviously, at the minute they they want to tank for better better picks, um, but they shouldn't just be rolling over each week. And you know, these are professional athletes, professional players, they shouldn't just they've got a pride, like I say. Hmm. However, on Sunday, obviously when the Chargers play them, hopefully play absolutely garbage again. Yeah, um, yeah. Switching off just for the Niners. Obviously, Nick Mullins came in and played pretty well. Actually, interesting to see if he can do that against um, a team that hasn't like completely given up on its season. And just a quick mention for, I think probably both of our favourite 49ers at the moment, um, George Kittle, becoming an absolute star. Oh, yeah. uh, that one-handed catch and run at the start of the second half was just Rob Gronkowski all over. Oh. Uh, I think this team's going to be all right once they get their guys back next year. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were a couple of uh, beautiful tight end catches in the end zone this, this uh, oh, not just necessarily in the end zone, but some beautiful tight end catches this week. George Kittle, Greg Olsen, Travis Kelsey, with some absolute beauts. Um, Greg Olsen's was a highlight for me uh, personally, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the Raiders don't really need to tank because they've got, they've got Dallas's first round pick and they're doing all they can to get inside the top 10 as well. So they don't really need to tank, <laughs> tank, tank at this point. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't obviously one for the for the record books, but yeah, Nick Mullins coming in be interesting to see what happens next week there uh, with with San Francisco and the quarterback 
situation. Uh, so let's move on to the Sunday slate of games then. Do you want to start with Chicago at Buffalo? Yeah, uh, this is another one where the, it was quite one-sided. This really couldn't have been easier for Chicago. Uh, out of sight with two defensive touchdowns and then two for Jordan Howard as well. Uh, Nate Peterman, uh, just a calamitous quarterback, really, isn't he? He's a bit of a turnover machine. Uh, if he wasn't when he came into the league, he's definitely broken beyond repair now. I think I think he's he's just lost cause now, unfortunately, which is bad to say when the you know second year into his career. But I just don't see how he gets rebuilt from the ground up. It's not a good situation. Um, you know the best that he can hope for, I think, at the moment for his career is just to be a career backup. Yeah. Um, and just you know see see out as much time in the league as he can get on his hands on really. Um, this Chicago defense is, is legit. Obviously, I've been banging on that offense for a long time. This defense is one that creates pressure and creates turnovers. Uh, I don't think they've ever been on the wrong side of a turnover battle this this uh, this year, actually, for every game. And they've led in every game this year that they've played. So a good weekend for them, especially on a good, a good weekend where the Packers and the Lions lose too. Mm. Yeah, stat back mate Nathan Peatman thrown 11, 11 interceptions in 95 pass attempts. Comparing that with Aaron Rodgers, who's thrown 11 interceptions in 993. Yeah, it just shows, doesn't it? It's uh, <laughs> a, few, a few levels behind, I think. A few? Bloody hell, he's, well, he's six, so he's six, he's six foot in the ground. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say he's not really even playing the same game, is he? No, no, absolutely not. And yeah, and obviously just uh, Jordan, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, our little side bet. I managed to win that one and get one back for yeah. you. So we'll have to we'll have to come up. We'll come up with something. I need to do that this week. We need to come up with something. Just like a little thing that we can do every week. You no, know, maybe we'll come up with a match bet and then just have a forfeit every uh, every week. But uh, I'll, when we when we uh, finish the podcast, I'll I'll have a sit down and think about that one. Um, but yeah, you know, no, no one really expected anything anything different from this one. Obviously, Chicago got way out way out of hand, and uh, Buffalo, Buffalo. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Atlanta at Washington. Atlanta moved to four and four. Uh, who I don't actually think are, are dead in the water anymore. Uh, could be quite dark horses, and they're not they're not too far behind in the NFC North. Um, and obviously wild, wild card, but the way they're playing, that defense is playing a lot better now that uh, obviously all the injuries ravaged them uh, early on in the season. But now that the the players that are there have had a bit of time to kind of gel together and play a lot better, they're they're, they're coming up trumps now. For you know, this was a you know, on the Washington side of the ball. Obviously, they had three players lost to a, to season-ending IR uh, injuries, including a couple of off- offensive linemen and Paul Richardson. So maybe just skewed it a little bit. But Atlanta are really really good in this game and uh, Hilo Jackson. Uh, Hilo Jones finally got into the into the end zone, and uh, it was nice to see all his teammates obviously come up and celebrate with him in the end zone. Obviously, shows you what a complete player and how unselfish a uh, player Julio is. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously, it's quite funny how that sort of touchdown sort of way ended, and then Adam Thielen's yards uh, street ended at the same time. It's quite a nice mm. symmetry in that. Uh, <laughs> you know, as one, as one candle goes out and one is lit, almost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tevin Coleman uh, went off in this game as well. Uh, probably one of his best games of the season. 156 scrimmage yards uh, and two touchdowns as well. But yeah, Atlanta certainly a team to watch if that if that defense can continue to play um, as, as they are, despite being banged up. There, a couple of playmakers starting to come to the fore there. Uh, Lee, New York Jets at Miami, where only a, t- a defensive touchdown was scored in this game. Brutal. Yeah, it's not <laughs> out of the three games that I you know, we do this obviously division that, that one of us picks at the start of the week, you know, for who will speak about which game. Uh they, they didn't open myself out to some good games here, did I, with these three <laughs> that I've opened up with. Uh yeah, this was just an awful game on an awful field by two teams that are well not awful, but 
they're not good either. Uh, Sam Darnold is just being a turnover machine at the moment. He's got to work these issues out. We've said it multiple times, and actually, I've said it before the draft as well, uh, that you need to cut this uh, this bond out with his turnovers. Um, it's just becoming a weekly weekly uh, sort of thing that he uh, throws the ball in or drops the ball to the opposition multiple times. It's just a massive problem. Yeah. But in general, this was a bad game. The only positives I think that I can get out of this game that Miami found a pass rush and Darnold on his backside for quite a long time. Or quite often, should I say. And Chris Herndon looks like quite a promising tight end as well. So you mentioned quite a few positives on tight ends and catches and things like that. But I think he looks like a bit of a prospect. Mm. But um, yeah, there's far too much time to spend on this game. Let's move on quickly. Yep, let's move on to AFC North then. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Uh, Pittsburgh taking this one quite comfortably, uh, 23-16. to uh, Pittsburgh improving to 5-2-1 and... One and seemingly steamrolling their way to another AFC North title. Big Ben did his drama queen his drama queen turn, uh, going down to get the win taken out of him, obviously taking a sack and uh, having a fella on, on top of all his weight as well, falling on top of him. So he just like he just likes being the hero. Uh, Antonio Brown extended his touchdown streak to six. Uh, obviously James Connor as well. What I mean, what a standout guy this this guy's been over the last four week game weeks for for Pittsburgh. He's the current uh, running back three in in standard fantasy scoring, but four straight games with. 100 rushing yards and obviously a receiving touchdown as well in this one. Obviously, the news, uh, Le'Veon Bell obviously said farewell to Miami. Uh, obviously, spelt farewell wrong as well. So, obviously, he hasn't had, didn't do any English lessons whilst he was there. Um, so, it'd be interesting to see us obviously watch this space uh, with regards to what happens there in that backfield. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we, we both mentioned it, haven't we? I think James Conner deserves to keep his place, really. And I think we'll see the back of Le'Veon Bell in a Pittsburgh uniform and... Whether he'll, he'll overtake him in the you know, short time that he's remaining in his career in Pittsburgh is, is remains to be seen, I think. Mm. Yeah, certainly be interesting. Um, yeah. But this Baltimore defence has not looked as uh, ferocious as it did do a couple of weeks ago. Um, obviously, Pittsburgh not really having much troubles. Um, obviously, the, the, their run defence, the Baltimore defence, obviously, this looked on paper a tough matchup for James Conner, but uh, didn't prove to be. But there are obviously a lot of weapons there in Pittsburgh. Starting to come to the fore a little bit, obviously, after that, that, that poor start uh, in the AFC North. But yeah, a game. I think they're a game clear now. Uh, Cincinnati obviously on a bye this week, so uh, Pittsburgh still in the march on the AFC North. Let's move to from the AFC North to the NFC North. Detroit at Minnesota. Yeah, no good win by Minnesota, but I feel like this is mainly fueled by the defense this time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, over the last few weeks, we've seen them throw it all over the place. Adam Thielen getting this amazing run of hundred yard games. Stephon Diggs playing really well as well. Mm. You know, it was unfortunate that's come to an end, as we say. A bit of a fairy tale uh, gave Adam Thielen a lot of like positive coverage, which uh, is great to see. And I'm sure he'll be back. You know, it's not it's not like he's still going to drop off a cliff. He's still a great receiver. Showed that all of last season. But back to the defence, obviously, they had Matt Stafford on the ground a hell of a lot. Ten times, ten sacks they had. And Daniel Hunter had three and a half of them. And also had the scoop and score touchdown as well. Mm. And I think the uh, former LSU guy, Hunter, he's having himself quite a year. Um, I think he leads the NFL in sacks now after that he performance. Does. yeah. And um, I think he's the best player that most of us never heard of. He completely, completely flies under the radar in terms of like hype and column inches. Um, but he's had a great career in Minnesota on part of that uh, defensive line that you know has got quite a lot of underrated players. Not a lot of players that you you know you speak out about being like the best at their position. Uh, but they're a great unit. And um, yeah, while the Vikes' uh, offense wasn't great, great on sorry. Although the Vikes offense wasn't in top gear, 
you know, their defence sort of dug them out. They had a couple of turnovers. Cousins wasn't great um, with the ball either, 170 yards, I think, just under. Uh, which is a bit odd, obviously, as they sort of are usually an offensive team. Uh, that sort of half of the ball's driving it. And yeah. uh, Dalvin Cook with a turnover as well. So, yeah, dug out by the defence in this one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Minnesota defence uh, early part of the season didn't really click or going to give. Obviously, Everson, Everson Griffin coming back as well. Yeah, this defence is starting to get back to, to what they looked like last year. And uh, again, they're starting to pick up a bit of steam. Um, Adam Th- Good stuff for you, actually. Adam Thielen and Jarvis Landry, the only two wide receivers so far that have had 100 targets. Obviously, Adam Thielen, the wide receiver, one in standard scoring. Jarvis Landry, uh, just the two touchdowns, but uh, he's wide receiver 21. But yeah, just the two two players so far this season with a Hundred targets. So I just wonder if uh, Stefan Diggs obviously missing the game due to a rib injury. He was in he was inactive. Maybe that played a bit of part that you know the Lions' defense could could concentrate on Thielen. Yeah, I would say so because they're, they're a great double act, aren't they? Yeah. And obviously they can you can sort of pour all your defensive resources into stopping one when the other one isn't there. Yeah. Kind of going to see I think an uptick in uh, DeAndre Hopkins's um, production and things like that because of Demarius Thomas for the same reason. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, yeah, like I say, Adam Thielen, no 100 yards receiving game for him, so he'll just have to settle for the tie there with Calvin Johnson on that record. Um, I did have something else to say, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, Davin Cook, um, he had that, that long run was uh, was pretty special. I think it was, uh, I think it was like the, the fastest recorded run, um, including Tyreek Hill. I think it was the fastest speed recorded by a player with, with the ball uh, this season. So his hamstring seemed to be all right. Had a bit of, uh, maybe had some steroids in there. Oh, that's a bit of a bold claim. He was obviously Darwin Black. He's yeah, obviously um, came into the league like widely and sort of like regarded, uh, highly regarded, coming out of college, and just obviously unfortunately hit with injury like most of last year, and then obviously a lot of this year as well. But mm. hopefully we'll see him on the field now, and um, we'll see another great running back uh, tearing up the league. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I'm partly surprised he played because obviously they've got a bye week next week. So you think oh, you should have this game in hand. Latavius Murray obviously punched in the touchdown as well in a bit of a strange play. Of um, you know, it looked like he fumbled, but uh, picked up by Carl Rudolph, and Carl Rudolph just can't pick up fancy points this season. But um, yeah, that that run uh, from Davin Cook there looked quite scary. Uh, so hopefully he can come back firing. Uh, big big uh, divisional game in, in week eleven with uh, Chicago at Soldier Field in that one. Let's move on to Kansas City at Cleveland. Kansas City keep on rolling eight and one now. Cleveland fall to two six and one, and uh, I don't even I don't even think they're going to get to five wins this season. Now, obviously, the all the promise early on in the season, uh, so it just seems to be all falling apart. But Bruce Arians uh, claiming that he he uh, the H the, the head coaching job in Cleveland being the only one that he'd be interested in, so that be quite could be quite interesting partnership there. Uh, Cleveland's schedule is quite brutal from from here on out. So yeah, it's not it's not looking good for Cleveland in terms of playoff aspirations. Um, not you know even the most avid of fans maybe were a bit pessimistic going into the season. But uh, Kansas City, Kareem Hunt hat trick here, uh, nice fifty yard touchdown catch, uh, which pretty much untouched to be quite honest. But uh, eight consecutive games now with a touchdown for him, uh, thirteen total on the season. But Duke Johnson on the Cleveland side, uh, Freddie Kitchens obviously got him a bit dialed up. Was in on forty seven percent of the snaps in this game nine targets nine receptions 78 yards and two touchdowns so uh, he is going to heavily feature in the waiver wire section a bit later on for me uh, but yeah let's say Kansas City expected to win in this one they were my last man standing pick uh, for this week so they duly obliged um, anything for you for this one? No yeah it was a good game actually I watched this, I watched this all at 6 o'clock it was a pretty good game uh, you know I just wanted to see sort of the, the Chiefs offence uh, at first hand 
uh, not playing against the Chargers, which is quite a nice <laughs> thing to uh, sort of watch and relax and watch it. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, they, they look good. They look worth their money. Um, I thought the Browns weren't too bad, to be fair, uh, but then they just sort of let it get out of hand. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you as well. I don't think they'll get to five wins now, unfortunately. They do play the Bengals twice, who sort of been a bit of a downward trend, and they've got the Broncos as well, which are all winnable, but obviously situated mm. with games... Uh, divisional game against the Ravens, Texans who are obviously flying at the minute, Panthers who I'll come on to in a moment who are also flying, and then I think they'll just get outscored by the Falcons even though they'll probably score a few points themselves in that one. So yeah, can't see too many wins. No. We just got back to those early early games of the season where they've lost you know by a field goal or a couple of points here and there, mm. um, and, and you know in a lot of overtime games as well. They definitely have the opportunities, and yeah. I think like we both said about the coaching things like that with better coaching. They'd have, uh, they'd have definitely beaten five wins. They'd definitely got those wins. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be, it'd be great to see uh, Bruce Arians um, back in the game, obviously, as well. And uh, Cleveland could be a, could be an exciting fit. Imagine imagine being having the chance to be able to say, I was the team that turned the Cleveland Browns around. Yeah, exactly. You'd, that's the trophy there, isn't it? Yeah. Waiting for someone. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how serious Arians was with that comment, to be honest. Um, I, I think he's come out and he's actually sort of played it down since. Well, he would be a good shout. I think that's what they need. I think they need like a, an uh, an experienced coach. I don't think they need to go for someone sort of upcoming from college. I think they need to go for an experienced head coach who's defensive minded and can sort of develop Baker Mayfield and maybe play a part with John Dorsey in the recruitment side of things and get some sort of good talent around uh, mm-hmm. around the whole team, really, not just on offense but on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Moving on to uh, NFC South, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Yeah, so as I said, moving on to the Carolina team. This is really ticking along nicely now under the radar. Um, I think they're going to sort of become on the view of the radar quite soon as well because they are, like, I've, I've sort of played them down earlier on the season saying I'm not, they're not a team that I sort of look out for, but I think they're making me and everyone else sit up and take notices now. Um, I really like the sort of plays that they were using on Sunday with, uh, you know, getting a lot of success, you know, options, screens, reverses, and... When they're not doing that, Cam just sings it over the top of Greg Olsen as we saw for that touchdown catch. And it's working really nicely. It's a nice balance to the offense. I think it works really well with Cam because it doesn't ask him to sort of be that sort of pocket passer, that Tom Brady, which is just not. You know, that's what I think a lot of offenses try and be and make people in their offense, try and make them be the people that they're just not. And if you just let people do what they're good at, then you'll have success. It's like they're, they're offensive weapons like McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. They're like yak, they're yak guys. You know, they get the ball, get them in space, let them create, and you'll have success. And that's what the Panthers did with all these types of plays. When the Panthers were Kelvin Benjamin and Funches on the outside, and they're asking uh, Cam to sort of like, say, be that Brady kind of guy and with two twin towers on the, the sideline, it doesn't work for them. It's not how they're built. And I think they're kind of having that sort of they had that identity crisis. I think they've now found that identity. Mm. Um, and I think it's working really well for them, as I said. Uh, just looking over quickly to Tampa, a decent day for OJ Howard with two touchdowns. And um, still love to watch uh, Fitzmagic, even though he's an absolute liability. I uh, just love his fearlessness and like, his short memory. Uh, he makes a bad play, he doesn't care. He just sort of gets on with it and just goes out and makes another play. And he might throw a pick or he might throw a touchdown next play. Mm. And that's what I love about him. As long as he's not on my team, I, I, I love that. And um, yeah, just wanted to. I found this quite a cool stat on Fitzpatrick actually. So 49.1% of his yards, so just under half, have come on throws that have travelled more than 15 yards in the air. And that's the highest rate since the records began for those those stats. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, certainly a tale of, uh, well, not to have two quarterbacks here, but Cam Newton, certainly uh, quite a lot of people starting to to whisper an MVP, MVP candidate, um, completing 67% of his passes, and he's only done that twice since the start of his career, once in his rookie season and, of course, his MVP season as well. But a lot of credit needs to go to North Turner, obviously. They've got a, they've got a lot of players in, the, in that team, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, uh, who can do a lot of things, a lot like the, how the Patriots kind of set up. The players can do a lot of things. So the, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers have uh, the most uh, rushing yards by wide receivers. Uh, I can't remember how many yards it was. I think it's like 170, 180 or something, which is already a franchise record uh, for this season. But yeah, North Turner's given Cam, Cam, Cam Newton a lot of easy throws, a lot of easy you know, plays to do. Obviously, him himself, he can run out. And you know that Curtis Samuel touchdown, you know, Cam Newton... When he when he peels off and, and starts blocking, you know the, the defensive uh, players start crapping themselves because he he's a massive guy. He's bigger than some linebackers uh, in the NFL. But um, yeah, certainly North Turner should get a lot of credit uh, for for uh, for the Carolina Panthers now six and two, just uh, only one game back from the Saints. Obviously, everyone's lauding the Saints. Obviously, their win uh, against the Rams, which we'll come on to very shortly. Um, but yeah, the Carolina Panthers will assuredly be uh, in the playoffs this season. No, yeah, I think so. Um, maybe, like you say, with the, it's a little bit of a symmetry between them and the Chargers that uh, they'll probably be in the playoffs, but it'll probably be fifth seed because they won't win the division. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, Houston, making it six wins straight uh, somehow again against the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'll leave all the Vance Joseph stuff for a bit later on in the podcast. Uh, but I don't know if you saw the clip, Lee, about uh, with Bill O'Brien uh, on the sidelines calling uh, Vance Joseph a dumb, uh, a dumb bleeper. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not uh, see that actually. It was uh, yeah. It's a clip you can see if you lip read. He says, "Oh um, yes, Van, Van, uh, Vance, you dumb f." But um, yeah, that's quite that's quite funny. I'll, I'll I'll tweet it out a bit later. Or I think it might be on my timeline already. But yeah, that was that was quite funny. But obviously, yeah, uh, jo- uh, Vance Joseph, um, Johnny Away come out and said that he's not looking to ch- ch- change coaches. But um, what Vance Joseph did on Sunday is pretty is just gross misconduct or you know gross gross malpractice or something because he is absolutely awful. Uh, I know he's he's um, he's new to the kind of the gig, but some of the mistakes he's making is is absolutely absurd. Brandon McManus obviously missed a field goal as time expired here in this one. Um, so what was it fifty odd fifty odd yard of field goal there? But um, it's, it's all the things leading up to that and uh, the bit before half time as well with regarding the field goal. Just um, we say we'll, we'll talk about those a bit more uh, in general, uh, a bit more in Jason Garrett corner. But yeah, obviously Houston now somehow have a two game lead in the AFC South. Um, obviously going to their bye next week. Uh, but I'm not quite sure how they've got to six and three. I think like when it gets to week sixteen, it'd be like they've won, you know, ten straight or whatever it is, or thirteen straight. Um, yeah, they just keep pulling out wins. Yeah, it's a bit, bit strange, isn't it? Obviously, they started the season really badly, and then they've gone this crazy run. I think that they're a bit of a streaky team. Obviously, after the bye, I think if they get beat, they might get beat a couple of times in a row, and then might win a few, and then lose a few. I think they're that sort of team. I think there are still like a couple of. Couple of, well, maybe, maybe a couple of, maybe a bit too much, but they're definitely a year or so away. We say that, that the uh, coming out of the bye, they've got a very winnable schedule. They're at Washington, home to Tennessee, home to Cleveland, home to Indianapolis, at the Jets, at Philadelphia. Okay, yeah, that's a really favourable schedule, actually. I mean, when they went, they went that, they, there's potentially there, they could get to 10 wins, which absolutely blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, they've got a talented team, haven't they? But um, yeah, 10 wins probably would have been a bit. Uh, beyond their reach in everyone's mind pre-season. Mm. Yeah, especially when they went 0-3 as well. But, yeah, so. but then, then again, it's been a, a really weird division, hasn't it? Obviously, yeah. 
the Colts have been slightly better than everyone's expected. The Jags have been way worse. The, the Tennessee Titans have been sort of they've won a few gritty games, but then they've lost a few, and it's been a quite a weird division. Not been as good as everyone's expected, I think. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to uh, Chargers at Seahawks, where we must have seen one of the best ce- the touchdown celebrations of the year. Yeah, for the uh, for the Jerem Brown uh, touchdown. Yeah, first one. Yeah, no, it's a little little bit of choreography there, wasn't it, from the Seahawks? And that I think was about as good as their day got, wasn't it? Really. Um, this is a it's a massive win. Obviously, I didn't predict this, and when Russell Wilson sort of opened the game with that open drive that took half the first quarter and ended with that touchdown that we just mentioned. Um, I just yeah I thought oh, here we go. Um, you know obviously a huge crowd, really loud, really difficult for the Chargers players to communicate. And then after the kick it off again, Des King fumbles and you know doesn't get past the ten in the, on the kick off return. So I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't feeling too good at that point if I'm perfectly honest with you. Where <laughs> the Seahawks could have wished for a better start. But I think this game is a huge win in the context of our season. Um, I think this shows that just this team is a different animal now because um, obviously I don't know you you get this sort of idea that you know when we're pinned back in sort of our own end zone we're just going to try and run it twice with Melvin Gordon up the middle see what we can get hopefully get a third and short and then we'll we'll try and do something but no we opened up and we actually run a reverse that got about twenty or thirty yards. And you're just thinking, oh, wow, okay, this is a bit different, you know. And they're getting a bit more creative now on the on the play calling. Uh, Ken was and Anthony Lynn as well. And it's just evolving a little bit, which is really nice to see. Um, and then that drive that we went on, it, you know, we got about this, we got about seven points just on the end of the second, sorry, the first quarter. And then we went on and we played the almost complete performance, really. The offensive line blocked really well, protecting Rivers, opening up huge lanes, Melvin Gordon, who was just being violent in his runs and just blasting off people and just gaining big yards like almost every time he touched the ball. Receivers made big catches and then the defence stepped up when they need to. Mm. Uh, just like at the end when uh, Des King picked off Russell Wilson and then you know, running back untouched for a pick six. Uh, really similar to his pick against Dallas last year actually, which I don't mind reminding you of. <laughs> uh, sort of undercut uh, a quick out and uh, yeah, took it back. Um, and the only this was only really sort of kept close-ish towards the end, with obviously them going on that drive towards the end and nearly uh, getting that touchdown. That maybe after a two point we went to overtime. Mm. It was only close because Caleb Sturgis uh, left five points on the field. If this was if we kicked those over, uh, it would have been you know we would have thirty points and it would have been out of sight. So yeah, great win. Uh, really surprised, to be honest with you, but yeah, can't complain one bit. Yeah, Caleb Sturge is the first person uh, in about 40 years to miss a field goal and an extra point in three straight games. Obviously, he's been subsequently cut. Um, yeah, also yeah. another stat for you. Uh, Philip Rivers is, has a perfect 158.3 passer rating on play-action passes. Um, so, obviously, wow. that's yeah. working That's working very well there for the Chargers. Nice uh, and balanced. Yeah, nice mm-hmm. and balanced. With the, obviously, the run game's working really well and obviously it's working to supplement that passing game. Yeah, uh, the, I saw another start on, on Caleb Sturgis. Obviously, he's gone now. And get the party, get the party poppers out, get the balloons out. Obviously, I'll come on to him later on uh, as well. Um, but I noticed that his actual PAT percentage this season is lower than his field goal average. <laughs> field goal percentage, sorry. Yeah. Very so good. How does that even happen? Yeah. How does that even happen? Mm. 
Yeah, I think uh, our friends on the Kickers Matter podcast uh, call him Caleb Turgis. So um, yeah, he doesn't. Well, he can't. Uh, he can't. He can't hurt you anymore. It's okay. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm glad as well. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Michael Badger will come in and all must be sort of right in the world again. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And to, uh, the blockbuster game of the weekend: the Rams handed their first defeat uh, by New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans now seven and one. Rams obviously eight and one. Uh, still have their bye to take. 45-35, the final score in this one. I mean, what a game this was to watch. I mean, you could watch this. If you, if you have one game to watch this season uh, so far, it probably it would probably be this one. Uh, quite a quite an interesting turning point in this one, though. Johnny Heck, obviously, the, for the fake punt. Um, obviously, he was judged not to make it on the on fourth down, but that was a big turning point in the game. Um, it would be interesting to see what how it would have turned out um, had had that been converted. But um, Los Angeles Rams coming back from behind from a quite quite huge deficits in this one. Uh, New Orleans just stomping all over the Rams early on, and I think the Rams leveled it just before half time. I think, but and then um, New Orleans Saints managed to to have that big play to Thomas and obviously that field goal as well. Um, but yeah, obviously this would uh, this is more likely going to be a dress rehearsal for a game in the playoffs. Uh, another hat trick from Alvin Kamara, twelve touchdowns on the year for him. I think there was nine hundred and seventy total yards uh, in this game on offense. But this this Rams defense and Marcus Peters, I mean, absolute trash. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to I'll come on to Marcus Peters a little bit later on. I think. Um, yeah, no, it, it definitely can be got at, and obviously when you've got an offense like. Uh, New Orleans have got then it's, uh, it's got the firepower to contend with them mm. and obviously they came out on top it was a great game as you said um, probably upstage the other big game of the weekend actually yeah obviously just before we get to that uh, Michael Thomas blew absolutely blew up uh, had 12-15 targets 211 yards and a touchdown so started him in fantasy you'd be uh, you must have a poor team if you lost um, Ben Watson had a nice touchdown nice celebration as well uh, wishing well with, all his, with his new arrival um, but yeah, really, really enjoyed this game and can't, can't wait for this one uh, in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think both teams are going to get there, uh, high seeded. Uh, so it could be an NFA Championship game. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that one. Okay, cool. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Green Bay at New England. Yeah, uh, like I say, it was kind of upstage by the game earlier on in the day, but um, the battle of the best QBs of all time didn't really didn't disappoint either, to be honest. Um, and a week after the running back obviously cost Green Bay the game, running back isn't there anymore. Uh, it turned to be another. It turned out to be another running back that uh, had a costly error. Mm. Uh, Aaron Jones uh, fumbling with the score tied at seventeen apiece in the yeah. third quarter. Um, and yeah, this game was littered with great QB play, great play calling, great playmaking, and Brady and Rodgers played it in their own distinct styles. Uh, but yeah, it's a great game. Um, but yeah, coming out on top, probably just having the edge uh, in those areas of play calling and, and uh, play making. Because I think Josh Gordon at the moment is going to give uh, the Patriots sort of that Randy Moss light. Yeah. That obviously used to have. And that's a scary thought for the rest of the league. Uh, Gordon was finishing with 130 yards, uh, five, five catches, I think, on 10 targets. Um, so not perfect, but obviously when he's getting the ball in his hand, he's, uh, he's making a lot of it. Mm. And I think, um, just last thing, I, I don't know if this is, a, this is sort of intentional. Obviously, we've, we've had a lot of injuries in the backfield. But um, I think Bill Belichick's troll level is like 100. Obviously, um, last week, as I mentioned, uh, Ty Montgomery sort of costing the Packers. Uh, and then I think, uh, obviously, the unleashed Cordell Patterson, obviously a converted wide receiver himself, <laughs> yeah. for uh, 61 yards, 5.5 yards of carry, and a big role in the win. I don't know if he's done that kind of sort of on purpose, because... Cornell Patterson's sort of bounced around the league and only been a wide receiver really and sort of gadget player and now he's uh, been turned into a decent running back. 
right in front of someone who tried to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, Cordero, yeah, he went to special teams for a little bit as well, but uh, he used him quite a lot last week, Cordero uh, Patterson, so, um, yeah, obviously it's something they may have worked on the, at training, but, um, yeah, obviously, hopefully Tony Michelle will be back maybe next week. He was late uh, late inactive, but next week or the week after their, their bye, which is uh, which is upcoming as well, but, you know, they're, they're steamrolling towards the AFC East, so there's no need to, to rush Michelle back, so I didn't, I didn't think he'd play. But obviously, Rob Gronkowski was obviously missing in this one as well. I think the two games that Gronkowski's missed the last two weeks, they've scored 69 points as well, so um, you know, maybe they're not as uh, one-man team as, as, they, as they all think. No, they're not as much anymore. Now that they've got sort of Edelman back, they've traded for a golden. Earlier in the season, they, they probably were a bit more one-man, one but now they've, they've got that sort of better uh, back, backfield options and then obviously the receiving options that we've just talked about as well. Mm. Yeah, and I say if anyone that hasn't hasn't watched that yet, obviously go back and watch that on Game Pass if you if you like your animal programs for a bit of goat on goat action. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> horned that in beautifully, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll finish it off uh, at Monday Night Football, Tennessee at Dallas. I mean, it, it's gonna go. It shows you how how much I am, am pissed off because I'm gonna have to go back and edit this because this was a f- show. <laughs> I mean, started off okay. Tennessee defense you know, forcing two Tennessee fumbles, um, both inside the Tennessee red zone. So, uh, and to only come away with seven points there. Obviously, the Dak interception there in the end zone going to Amari Cooper was uh, was pivotal. Um, but yeah, it's just the same old, <laughs> isn't it? Um, <laughs> We've got him. We started him off again, people. It's like first down. Oh, let's run the ball. Second down. Oh, let's have a long. Let's have, let's pass it because we've got a long yardage situation. And third down. Oh, let's pass it on a screen to a, or a dump off to a running back. Yeah, that's great. Great. Well done. Um, but anyway, yeah. This, without going into, I didn't. I haven't chosen him for Jason Garrett corner, but uh, my God, uh, Scott Linehan, what are you doing? Where was I? Yeah, Joe Jones obviously coming out, uh, coming out and saying he's not anticipating any coaching changes uh, and they're going to extend Dak. And that's not the only thing that Dak extended uh, when he heard that news. Uh, God, it's gone a bit red here. It's gone a bit red here, isn't it? It's gone a bit off-piste. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, so and Dion Lewis, obviously he got a hell of a... Of, of both teams coming off the bye. I mean, Dallas had 18, 18 days to prepare for this game. And you just come out with that pile of absolute... Um... Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. What are we going to do? Um, yeah, so Dallas, obviously, that, that pretty much does them for the season now because their, their next couple of games are brutal at Philadelphia, I think, next week. And then they've got the Falcons, obviously. Uh, they'll still be haunted by that game last season, the Chaz Green game. Um, but yeah, 18 days to prepare for Tennessee, who lost to the Bills, um, got absolutely thumped and just gave up 10 sacks uh, to Baltimore. And uh, obviously, the, um, the, the absurdity uh, in in London, obviously getting beat by the Chargers as well. But this, this this Tennessee team is not a great team, and you know if you if you have any aspirations to get into the playoffs or even win winning the winning the division, uh, who they had a good chance this week as well, Dallas, because uh, obviously Washington lost as well, so they could have kept pace, got to four and four, but no, um, decide to to lose, uh, lose quite conv- convincingly as well. So um, that's pretty much us done for the season, over and out. I look forward to editing that one out a bit later on <laughs> all that all, all that but that foul language um but yeah and the, and the worst thing is you can't even look forward to the draft because no. you've got some pick isn't no. yours anymore no I mean to be fair Amari Cooper they, they, they pummeled him he was the most targeted guy looked pretty yeah. good against um, Malcolm Butler there for the touchdown but looked okay so you know you know maybe all, always not lost there but these Jason Garrett, Scotland Han, and they just need to get the crap, the the hell out of, out of out of Dallas, and just just get just get the hell out of. I'm fed up with it, but um, 
that rounds up week nine quite nicely. Um, so let's let's go to wait, uh, stinkers and stonkers. Who have you got? Um, so stinker, <clears throat> obviously, Caleb Sturgis. <laughs> so glad he's off my team. So so glad. As I said, left uh, left the five points on the field, which in a way you could say it was six because obviously if we didn't miss the first point after, which makes us then go for two. We've just got a competent kicker that's just two points rather than no points, so you could say six. But anyway, we'll say five. I mean, it's quite a cursed, yeah. it's quite a cursed position, isn't it, for you? For it, it is. It, we obviously had the, the debacle last year, and then we. this is why we got Sturges in, because he's sort of that experienced kicker, um, and he's been there, done it, and we just thought, oh, it'll be solid, and that'll be the end of it, but obviously not. So yeah, it, you know, whoever comes in, it might be just cursed, and it might just, might just be just destined just never to score PATs again. Mm. Yeah. And that, that just left the door ajar for Russell Wilson. Obviously, like I said, it wouldn't have been as close. Mm. Um, and obviously, I was thinking about this, and obviously I was thinking that would get punished in the in the postseason. I'm just glad we made that move. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, who they bring out. I haven't, I haven't seen any news about who they're working out, but... Um... Well, we've got... Um, his name is Michael Badgley. He's a... Oh, yeah, uh, that's it, yeah. Um, he played a couple of games when Sturge was injured. Mm. He, played, he played at Wembley, actually. Um, he's, yeah. been, he's not missed a kick. Uh, give, it, give it time. I think, I think he's seven for seven for PATs and three out of three field goals. Mm. That will soon change, no doubt. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, wow, everyone, everyone's going to miss at some point. Look at Justin Tucker last week. Um, right, my stinker of the week. Uh, I've gone for Mike Evans, not necessarily because he's been bad all season, but it's just a, a bit of a funny performance for him. Only just one catch on ten targets. I mean, that's, that's what uh, Brashad Perriman dreams about. <laughs> so yeah, he's getting quite a bit of working for him at the moment. He is, yeah, he did, he did at the weekend. Yeah, I, I, he was the first name that popped to mind. Um, but um, yeah, but yeah, obviously a bit of a stinking game for him there. Obviously uh, training from behind. Obviously a lot of targets. It's unusual for him just to have the one catch. Uh, but he obviously getting getting those targets. He, he should be okay uh, next week anyway. Uh, I don't know who they've got. I can't remember who they got next week. Uh, who's your stonker of the week? So our stonker is actually Michael Thomas. Mm. Um, obviously, if I said to you uh, a certain player, and I, I didn't name a position, when 12 or 15 for 211 yards and a touchdown, you might ask me yourself what quarterback I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just like, look, we got that we mentioned earlier, he absolutely tore Michael Peters a new one all game. Uh, he hasn't been playing well at all, Peters. Uh, and Michael Thomas is just kind of dominant receiver now that just takes advantage of sloppy play all day long, and he did. Uh, he's just, he's one of my favourite players around the league as well. So any sort of uh, opportunity to bring you up, I will do. Totally underrated at the wide receiver position. He should be, you know, when we have these sort of top five debates and things like that, he should be in there every single time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he goes in terms of what wide receivers uh, in drafts, next, fantasy drafts next year, because he's obviously up there with the Antonio Browns of the world now, surely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So would would you? So if you if you were drafting for the rest of the season, would you rather have Michael Thomas or Jendra Hopkins? Uh, <laughs> I've actually got I've actually got both in certain leagues, so I'm happy either way. All right. Well, if, uh, you, if you had to keep one, which one would you keep? What's the What's the format? Are we talking about just redraft? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Rest of the season standard scoring. Well, we obviously mentioned about the Texan schedule, so that might sway me in that direction. Mm. And I would say I would say Hopkins is slightly better yeah. as well, but. It's not by much. What about uh, Adam Thielen or Michael Thomas? Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get a uh, Tyreek Hill or Thomas. 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 Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think, I think if I was to sort of go and name top five 
I would put him probably about four. Okay. I'd only I'd only put A B, Julio and Hopkins with him. Yeah, no, that's fair. What about uh, Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams, no, 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 no. no. Okay, cool. There's, there's several that I would put ahead of him. Yeah, no. But anyway, it's not the wide receiver podcast. No, <laughs> no. Uh, what about uh, final final one, Odell Beckham? What or Thomas? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think Odell's. I would say about six. I think he's a bit pretty, a little bit overrated. Okay, that's fine. If I was picking an actual team, I wouldn't want the drama as well. So that sort of knocks him down for me as well. Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to see where where you're at with uh, with Michael Thomas, obviously, but he'll go no doubt inside the top ten, maybe next year in fantasy drafts. I'd have thought. Um, yeah, I'd say maybe about seven or eight. Seven or eight. Yeah, it depends how heavy people go with RBs, but that is a yeah. great segue onto my stonkers. So I've gone, I've got a couple of names down here, but I've kind of grouped them together as just the um, the gadget kind of running backs. So Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, and Christian McCaffrey who catch, put, and block and and run as well. And you know the, the dual threat running backs, they are so valuable, especially in fantasy football. But the, uh, the performances those three guys put in. Uh, last week were, were 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 just things of beauty, um, especially some of the McCaffrey runs, the Cream Hunt runs, and obviously we all know what Alvin Kamara can do. But yeah, just a kind of just homage to those kind of those types of players in the backfield. There uh, don't really you don't usually get the credit they deserve. No, no, um, especially McCaffrey. And I've been a, I've been a detractor um, of McCaffrey's to be honest with you. Mm. I've uh, I've called him a slot receiver quite a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's. He's uh, it, just to wind up for certain guys, sports the Panthers that I know uh, quite a lot. But uh, yeah, no, McCaffrey's playing really well. Um, it just goes back to what I was saying about the Panthers' offense as a whole. I think he sort of is the absolute uh, sort of peak of that sort of play that they want for that sort of offense. Mm. And that uh, what was it quite long. I don't think he went for a touchdown, but just where he just sort of hurdled that guy. Yeah, love that. Yeah, love that. Great play. Yeah, that was yeah one of the one of the highlights of the week there. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, next week then. So waivers, just uh, just a couple of names for me here. Um, as obviously it's getting a bit dry at this point in the season. Uh, oh, do you want to go first? Give me, give me. I think you got two of you. So go, go first one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so first one, I think I've um, mentioned it before, but Marcus Hardes Scantling. Yeah. Uh, I just think that Green Bay found their Randall Cobb replacement. I think I've mentioned it a few times, like I say. Yeah. Uh, you should be able to get my money in most leagues, looking for me. Uh, like the Green Bay Packers, I drafted him, um, my dinner team in the spring. Uh, against New England, he got 101 yards off three catches, so quite explosive. Mm. And he also got six targets as well, which is the second most on the team after Devontae Adams. Mm. So the, the volume's there if he can hold them in as well, as well as that explosiveness. Yeah, uh, John O'Mason, obviously, I think he's out for six weeks as well with, uh, is it surgery or maybe he's going on IR, there's, some, there's an injury there that uh, requires a bit of surgery. So, yeah, Marcos van der Scantlin is going to be the guy. I had him as well, so I can, I'll, will double down on that one. Uh, the other one I had was Duke Johnson. Obviously, he had a bit of a breakout game last week. Um, obviously, if, if Cleveland are going to be playing from behind a lot, that's Duke Johnson's, Johnson's strength. And obviously, we were baffled as to why he wasn't used more uh, in the games that preceded uh, Hugh Jackson's uh, tenure as the Cleveland Browns coach, but Duke Johnson, uh, especially in PPR, uh, but obviously he has a bit, has a bit of a flaw with that with that pass catching work he gets. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a good shout. He had a big game on the weekend, didn't he, against Kansas? Yeah, quite a lot of people have dropped him as well. So yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, especially you know we've obviously Nick Chubb being sort of the dominant force in that backfield now. Yeah, I mean it was quite interesting actually. I think I think I saw um, snap percentages. Duke Johnson was forty six percent or forty seven percent, and uh, Nick Chubb was only one or two percent more than that. So 
It's quite evenly split. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, who, who's your last one? So my last one's Alfred Morris from 49ers. Mm. Um, so obviously you've got Brader, who's sort of the dominant force in that backfield. And then after that, it was uh, Raheem Moster. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he's sort of uh, been sort of taking the sort of load, second sort of load off after Brader. And he's gone to IR now. He's got an injury. Uh, I can't remember what the injury was, but that'll be all now. Alfred Morris then to step up into that uh, sort of that breach. And, you know, it's worth picking up. He's not had a great season, but obviously with the one injury, and it always leaves an open door for someone else. And that'll be Alfred Morris, I think, now. And obviously, we've all seen what he can do. He's had good seasons in the past. And, uh, yeah, he'll be a nice complimentary piece. Yeah. I call him I call him Colonel Mustard. <laughs> yeah. And the way the way I always I will always remember this injury is I always said it was, uh, it was Colonel Mustard with the broken arm in the Bay Area. <laughs> You've been rehearsing that one. Well, I, well, I, I thought I thought of it on Thursday and Friday, and it just uh, when you tried to pronounce his name, I was like, oh, I call him Colonel Mustard. But um, <laughs> yeah. Like so Brett, broken arm in the Bay Area. Um, so next time you play Cluedo, that's that was the, that's the answer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's uh, that's waivers. Obviously, again, pretty uh, pretty bleak now at this point in the season. But uh, yeah, again, just obviously check by weeks. A lot of people will be uh, dropping uh, players that potentially good players that were on bye weeks because they need the space or the spot starts and have some tough decisions to make. So just uh, always worth a check of the waiver wire just to see who's in there, who was on the bye last week, uh, and then put obviously put your claims in for that. Um, I think all we have left is obviously the quiz. Uh, Thursday Night Football and Jason Carrick Corner. So I'm just going to quickly pop across and talk to James and do the uh, do the quiz with him in everybody's favourite game show, The Full 10 Questions. Okay, it's time for everybody's favourite quiz show, The Full 10 Questions. Uh, fourth contestant on today is James Hanmore, who, uh, along with being a pizza enthusiast, <laughs> a pizza enthusiast uh, James, you do you do quite a bit of uh, NFL stuff. You're a Baffer level, level 1 coach I saw on your Twitter profile, but you also do some uh, some writing and you're recruiting for, for DFF, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I've been writing there for uh, about a year and a half. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DFF underscore James H. I'll write about anything. Um, I've just published something about uh, Dequayne wide receiver Nahari Crawford, so go check it out. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. And uh, what's your what's your favourite pizza? Is the more more important question. Uh, well, to be honest, uh, I'm on a bet at the moment that I've got to go vegan till Christmas, so I haven't had pizza in a while. Yeah. So, but it's all the meats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to put yourself through that. I couldn't think of anything worse myself, but there we go. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you, are, you, are you a Domino's or a Pizza Hut? Uh, neither. Neither. There's a place. Um, it's a place called Pizza Triangle around me, around by where I live. It's incredible. All right. So where where whereabouts do you live? Uh, I live in Staffordshire, like Trenton, which is like Stoke on Trent. There you go. So anyone anyone listening in the Staffordshire area, go and check that out. Um, but let's get to the uh, more in, the more uh, difficult questions, uh, we should say, for this segment of the podcast. Of course, we're going to put you through 10 questions. Uh, we'll see how many you get at the end, but hopefully none of them should be too tricky for you. James, are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay, which NFL game usually takes place a week before the Super Bowl? Uh, the Pro Bowl. Of course. Which team plays at Lucas Oil Stadium? Uh, Indy Colts. 
How many yards does an, a defensive offside penalty incur? Uh, defensive offside is five yards. Which team in the AFC North have their fans throwing terrible towels? Steelers. Who did the Chicago Bears take in the first round of the 2018 NFL Draft? 2018? Yep. God. Um, oh, it wasn't Roquan Smith, was it? Which player threw for the most yards in 2017? 2017. Uh, my guess would be... I don't know, let's just say Roethlisberger. What number does Zach Ertz wear? God. Uh, uh, let's say 80, 80. Let's stay with 80. Who's the coach of the Baltimore Ravens? Oh God, it's uh, Jim Harbour. Uh, John Harbour, sorry. Which international series game ended in a tie? Wow. Was it the Bengals? I can't remember who they played. Um, it was, but was I need both. Bengals Titans. Uh, it was not. How many scrimmage yards? Finally, how many scrimmage yards within one thousand did Jerry Jerry Rice have in total? Across his career. Yeah. God, I am a clue. That's twenty six thousand. That seems like too many. Not far. I wasn't far off. Not far off at all. Uh, let's go through your answers, James. So your first uh, first question: NFL game taking place before the Super Bowl is, of course, uh, the Pro Bowl. Indianapolis Colts do play at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, is five yards for a defensive offside penalty. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers do have the terrible towels. Roquan Smith did, in fact, uh, get taken by the Bears in the first round of this year's draft. Uh, the player that threw the most yards in 2017 was Tom Brady. Uh, Zach Ertz wears number 86. Uh, John Harbour is the coach of the Baltimore Ravens. The international series game was Cincinnati, but they were playing Washington. And uh, finally, the scrimmage yards for Jerry Rice was 23,540, but not a bad effort at all. Uh, I make that oh, one, two, I make that six, I think. Oh, that's yes. a poor showing. I was, that's all right. I was backing myself uh, for ten. <laughs> I thought I thought we were going to get, get a really good score there through the first five, four, uh, five. I think he went five exactly straight, and I thought, oh, here we go. Uh, and then uh, yeah, just a couple of those. Some if you say if you don't know them, they they can be quite tricky. That uh, international series one, if you say if you didn't go, or it was a, it was a fair while ago now, so um, no no hard feelings about getting that one wrong. But you did uh, we're quite close, not too far away there from Jerry Rice, but not within the the thousand. But James, want to thank you so much for for joining us and taking part of the full ten questions. Yeah, no problem. Six out of ten there for James. Uh, next week, I think we have Rob Grimwood from uh, Across the Fantasy Pond. But if you want to get involved with the full ten questions, get in touch with us at, on our Twitter at Full Ten Yards. Uh, also, that is where you can find our November competition, which you all voted to be the prize of the Larry Fitzgerald uh, Arizona Cardinals jersey, uh, size medium for any of those that were interested in the size. Uh, that is currently being shipped to me to then give out to you guys. Just uh, all you need to do for that is just retweet the post that's pinned to the top of our Twitter and review the podcast through you know through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and then just send us a screenshot of that. Um, probably be most easier if you do it under the uh, reply to the tweet uh, yeah screenshot the uh, the reply and then obviously you'll be in a chance to to win that Larry Fitzgerald jersey um, and as I say uh, at, at this point the October competition jersey has not been claimed yet so if it's not been claimed by Thursday on Friday's podcast we will get Lee to pick out another number and we will redraw the shirt so you know it's absolute scenes there Lee 
Yeah, it needs to get claimed, doesn't it? Uh, obviously, quite a lot went into that, quite a lot of entries. Uh, yeah, someone needs to get listed and uh, yeah, claim their prize. Yeah, and just to uh, say, just in case the person that claimed uh, that didn't claim it is missed the last week's episode, it's uh, at Barrett Bandari one. So you are you were, you were the winner last week. So you have until Thursday midnight to claim that. Otherwise, we will redraw on Friday. So everyone else that's in the draw, I suppose you won't be telling him uh, anytime soon, him or her anytime soon that they uh, obviously won the jersey. Um, but yeah, we'll keep up, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But yeah, November competition, Larry Fitzgerald jersey there, up for grabs, free to enter, get involved, review the podcast, and to send us a screenshot and spread the word by retweeting their pinned tweet. Um, I think that was you know, Thursday Night Football. Should we do Thursday Night Football and Jason Garrett? Yeah, let's finish. Finish off high. Finish, <laughs> finish on a high. Um, okay, so yeah, Thursday night football. Uh, Caroline Panthers take on the Steelers, which is going to be a, a fascinating game, really. Um, obviously, the last couple of bum bum shows that we've we've had like last couple of weeks in Thursday night football. This one should be an absolute classic. Yeah, no, it should be a good one. Looking forward to this one. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where to put my sort of money on this one. To be honest with you, mm. I would almost go with uh, with Carolina. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I've just talked, I've spent the whole sort of uh, time talking them up on this podcast. I can't really go back on it now, can I? No, should be should be a, should be a high scoring one. The over under here is fifty one and a half. I'd probably go over on that one to be honest. Uh, although some Thursday nights can be a bit of a drab. Um, Carolina Panthers plus three and a half is the handicap. I'm quite happy to take them. The only thing that worries me is at some point, obviously Carolina have, have played so well this season and kind of gone under the radar. Now that they're kind of be on the word on people's lips they can they can fall flat on their face but I think the way North Turn is coaching them and got them playing uh, I think this one should be should be a shootout yeah it should be um, I can see that the sort of mobile uh, playmakers that Carolina have sort of preying on the linebackers of the Pittsburgh Steelers who you know aren't the best group in the world hmm. and um, as a Chargers fan I wouldn't mind seeing the Steelers go down no, also, um, obviously, with Pittsburgh playing on Thursday, it's very, 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 very unlikely that Le'Veon Bell plays on Thursday, but you never know. Um, so he's, you, we don't know what shape he's in. The Steelers don't know what shape he's in, and they could always, say, um, get a roster exemption uh, from the NFL so he can sit out another two weeks uh, where they don't have to pay him. So, again, just watch watch this space on that one. Obviously, it's Tuesday uh, time of recording, but come, you know, come tomorrow when he's supposed to report, uh, he might not even report, who knows? Um, but, yeah, obviously, James Connor expected to... to to, to continue the duties there in the backfield. But this Carolina defence, similar to Minnesota, um, at the start of the season, wasn't that great, gave up, uh, leaked a lot of points. But they're starting to come around now and playing a lot better as well. Obviously, they gave up a lot of points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but when you've got you know, Ryan Fitzmagic uh, throwing the balls there, yeah, they're always going to put up quite a lot of points. Uh, so it'd be quite interesting. I, I, can, I can see both teams getting to around the 30 mark, something like you know, 27 to 30 or 33 30 or something something, something like that. But um, I'd, I'd quite happy play um, Carolina on the handicap there. From a fantasy point of view, happy to start most most players in this in this game, apart from defences, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Connors must start. Both uh, top wide receivers, uh, Smith-Schuster and Brown, must start. Now all the players that we we've just or I've just spoke about quite a lot on this uh, this episode for Carolina have obviously just had to come off a great game. Uh, so you know maybe Curtis Samuel on your waivers as well. Uh, he had a good game. He's probably not the most popular wide receiver. Mm. Uh, a little bonus waiver there. Yeah, obviously Juju Smith-Schuster as well. He's uh, had a bit of a quiet couple of weeks. Not been in the end zone since week five uh, versus Atlanta, but he's kind of uh, what's the word cooled off a little bit the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, but another tough, another tough matchup. But yeah, it should be Pittsburgh at home. Um, yeah, it should be a lot of points. So it should should be enough points to go around. Yeah, definitely. And I, like uh, just touching on the under over, I've definitely got the over. Yeah. I can see this being sort of a high twenties, early thirties for both teams. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay, that's Thursday night all sorted for you. So let's uh, finish off with Jason Garrett Corner. Okay, highlight of everyone's week, no doubt. Jason Garrett Corner. I'm going to start off with, um, like I say, in the podcast uh, earlier when we talked about the Denver-Houston game. Vance Joseph, just some clock clock, clock management. Absolute uh, absurd clock, uh, play call in here. Uh, not only in the in the, the last play, obviously, Blaine McManus missing that field goal there um, to try and win it. But first half, they went they went for a 62-yard field goal with him. I think it was over over well over a minute left. Um, going for it on, on for the field goal, missed it obviously, and then that gave enough time for the Houston Texans only needed twenty or so yards to to kick a field a field goal. But then Vance Joseph then tries to ice him, uh, in which, you know he ices him, and then he then he misses uh, Comey Fairbairn, and obviously uh, the second attempt he he puts it through the posts. But you know there was a lot of time there left in that first half, and to go through a sixty-two yard, I know it's a mile high, and I know you've got Brandon McManus, but you know just play play percentages there, just. Um, just just deal with the clock a bit better. But then, uh, obviously, at the end there, uh, Vance Joseph had a chance to win it. So, um, I think there was a problem with Case Keener. I think the clock was at 43 seconds or something, and they could have you know could have spiked or called a timeout or something and, and done something. But they've run, I think they've run Philip Lindsay up for minus one yard to get in, in the middle uh, and then call a timeout. Uh, what was it, 13 seconds or whatever, however many seconds were left, three seconds. I mean, it's just absolute uh, malpractice from, from Vance Joseph. If you haven't had a chance to go and see it, go and watch the game. Um, there, there was a lot of time there to to do thing a lot better, even get a bit closer. I know that they were aiming; that was his field goal range. But surely you give Brandon McManus a bit of a chance to to, to put it through the post. Yeah, you just got to give, got to sort of get as much yardage as possible. Obviously, yeah. having the percentages go up the closer you are. Yeah, unless you're Caleb Sturgis, obviously. Hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously, like you say, Vanshaw was just completely mishandling the time hmm. on the clock. Um, it's just not a very good head coach. I think you alluded to it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just makes, makes errors quite often um, in his sort of timekeeping and sort of decision making mm. and you know if Scott came into the job at the same time as people like Anthony Lynn and Alvin Gates and they're just both seem light years ahead of him uh, you know minute, sort of thing, mm. even though they're still inexperienced coaches yeah yeah, Vanshaw's obviously been there just a couple of years uh, in Denver, but he could be looking for a new job come the end of the season. I think they, you know their their season's dead. So um, yeah, I think it'll be back down, back down to being sort of a defensive coordinator yeah. or whoever picks him up next. I don't think he'll get another head coach's job. Yeah. Not really impressed uh, with any of his work really there in uh, in Denver. Yeah, and obviously just a reminder just to watch that Bill O'Brien clip. It's all it's all over Twitter there where he calls him a. A dumb so and so, but uh, yeah, Lee, do you want to do you want to close us off with your Jason Garrett corner? So yeah, actually a bit of a bit of friendly fire from me. Um, I'm actually going for Anthony Lynn in brackets. Tom Telesco, the, the head, sorry, not the head coach, the um, general manager of the Chargers, just for keeping Caleb Sturgis for far too long. Uh, obviously, he's cost us, um, you know, just points in mo- most of the games, missing you know multiple kicks in our games. I just don't see why. I just don't see why we kept him around. Michael Badger came in when he didn't play for two games, didn't miss a kick, as I said earlier. And he was replaced because he wasn't getting touchbacks or kickoffs. So essentially, the team's valuing kickoffs and having okay kickoffs. And Sergius wasn't even nailing them as it was over just putting points on the board. And the last time I checked, that's, that's what wins you the games. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm surprised it lasted as long. So usually when you miss, well, certainly I'm surprised he was there this week, uh, Caleb Sturgis. But um, yeah, if you miss extra points, obviously they're harder than they used to be. They're not as automatic, but still, I mean, to miss three 
three in three straight weeks and miss field goals as well because they're not even hard. They're not even hard field goals, and he's missing. He's missing by by a, by a long shot. So yeah, good call there. Um, yeah, surprising how I haven't gone Jason Garrett uh, in the Jason Garrett corner, but um, I've just got to go back now and uh, bleep out all my swear words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, uh, to be to be continued. But at least maybe 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 now. Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan and all the rest of them will get, will get cleared out at some point. And, uh, the, the, even if it's the end of the season, I'm willing I'm willing to sit through this turd that they're putting out at the moment. Um, <laughs> as long as he goes at the end of the season. I mean, he, I think he's like one of the longest serving head coaches in the NFL. Um, he's not obviously, you know, there's others that, that have been longer, but I think he's a top five, one of the longest serving head coaches. He's been there for eight, nine years. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um yeah, hopefully he'll be gone at the end of the season. So I'm, I'm quite happy to put up with all the crap the, uh, that goes right now. And obviously we, we've now given away our first round pick. Thanks, Jerry, for that. Um, but we will we we will end it on that uh, that happy note. Uh, I'm going to go and uh, bleep out all my swear words. And Lee, we'll speak to you on Friday. Yeah, well, uh, we'll speak to you on Friday um, when I'll be introducing the podcast. Can't get away from it now, now that I've yeah. said it and come out with it. Yeah, uh, I've got something in mind. I uh, just need to put it together. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that one. A special. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, that episode. Yeah, yeah, special introduction there. We're going to change it up a little bit, keep you on your toes. Um, yeah, but Friday we'll talk about um, some tips. Obviously, we did really well last week. Uh, I think collectively, me and Adam were 30 points up uh, in the betting. So, you know, I didn't bet one pound of it. So that's a bit annoying. But I hope you all, I know a couple of people got on. So well done to all of you. But yeah, we'll, we'll preview all the week 10 uh, betting and also go through all the games as well. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, don't forget, obviously, November competition, Larry Fitzgerald jersey. And so if you want to come and do the full 10 questions quiz, get in touch with us at full 10 yards. Uh, our personal accounts are at Tim underscore Monk 85 and at Wakefield 90. And finally, don't forget, obviously, we have a writer now, Scott McKay. He will be posting an article out a bit later on this week all about fancy players that you didn't know have disappointed you this season. A couple at each position there. Scott F. McKay there on Twitter if you want to get in touch with him. Look forward to that article. But until then, it's goodbye from Lee. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Have a good week and we'll see you in a few days. And it's goodbye from me. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.